New Year, same show. Overweight? Finances in shambles? All that goes in the wash when you give us a five-star review. Need one more resolution to round out your year? Five-star ratings and reviews. Here's what we're doing, friends of the show. We want 100 reviews. Log into iTunes and review the show and leave any review that you want. And after 100 reviews, we'll do the show and review special. Now batting for the sports animal, your afternoon drive. Number two, Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. It's Wednesday, Albuquerque. You know what that means. Finally, everybody's in the same room. Hello. The boys are here. This may be for the first time in February we've all been in the same room. It absolutely is. So we are the 16th day into February. Two days past Valentine's Day. Four days past Van's 40th birthday. 505-246-0610. Thank you, buddy. Call the program. Wish Van a happy birthday. Call the program and talk to me. I've missed all the friends of the show. Because after I got back from the Royal Rumble, I had a COVID exposure. I had to stay out of the office for until I had the three days plus two tests. Plus, I had to do I had to do Rick Steiner math, Scott Steiner math, and obviously we were gone all last week, and then I was gone yesterday. Super Bowl. We were at the Super Bowl. A lot of Rams fans at the. No, there wasn't. No, there was not. Did you see that? There was more people on the city bus than at their parade going down. Well, there. to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. They really pack them into those buses. It's like sardines. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's not the, that's not the parade's fault. Uh, there weren't a lot of Los Angeles citizens on the bus that got stopped by rioters and graffitied. People got escorted safety. That bus didn't have anybody on it. But, I, wasn't, uh, I wasn't able to listen to the show yesterday. Did you guys hit on that? Uh, we did a little bit. We so, can go more if you want. Yeah, we were out in the aftermath uh, of the Super Bowl Vital, and I think that the Los Angeles Police Department, which, by the way, I never feel uncomfortable around police. I think I felt uncomfortable around the Los Angeles police. Just hear me out. Not the best rep. No. Yeah. How's the volume on the live stream look? There's, there's a lot of movies about the Los Angeles Police Department, and zero of them paint them fairly. <laughs> so to be unpainted fairly. I think they planted, <laughs> is what I'm saying, they planted a bus to purposely be graffitied. That was my energy. Yeah. Yeah. Bait bus? It was a bait bus. <laughs> it was like one they knew they were going to take out to a paintball park eventually and let just people paintball each other up. It looked like one of their new ones. I don't agree. <laughs> and not after it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I am Fred Slow. I'm alongside you, friends of the show, all the way up till 6.30 tonight. It's 6.30 tonight. This is no longer our program. It's a different program. It's the Lady Lobos versus Utah State. That should be very good. Are you with us up until tip-off, Michael? Of course. Where am I going to go? Well, I don't know. KKLB needs your talent. I could go to L.A. Hey, I'm, de- I'm dead-ass serious right now. Your hair looks longer. It's been that long. If I, tell- I, I need to get it done. No, it looks good. I, I got a guy. Yeah, I don't know where you heard get it done. I, just, I mean, it looks good. 
I think Van's got the best hairdo here. Seriously, stop. We oh, know, really. well, that's a low bar, guys. I have a very good haircut. Well, a very good haircut. I'm glad your girlfriend and mother tell you that. No one else does. <sighs> How would we know? You have a hat on. Hey, and I never wear a hat either. Today's the day, though. Yeah, that's weird. You have so many hats, and you don't wear any of them. No, I never do. You have a whole bedroom full of hats. Uh, I have more than that, yeah. I would say I have more than a whole bedroom. Joining us at 415 is Rob Portnoy. He's the voice of the Lobos. As the Lobos had the just gosh darn best win in the whole gosh darn season last uh, night. Um, excuse you, 415 and 430. We got a double dip. Does Rob know we're keeping him over? Yeah, he does. Okay. He, can, he consented and everything. We're also going to preview the new Lakers series that's on HBO. Oh, yeah. Because I'm very excited about that. And that, don't forget, we're 75-plus days into the lockout. Shut up. <laughs> you shut up, Michael. So long. It's going to be it's gonna be over, close a business Friday. Be back to business. Write that down. Write that down. I want you to shut up when you talk about the lockout, when you talk to me. Because <laughs> it's not happening. It's over. What is today, Wednesday? All right, boys, let's put a five on it. I got five on it. I bet five, and I'll give you two to one that it's lockouts over by close of business on Friday. COB on Friday, I'm calling it. Yeah. That's the deal. 505-246-0610. Who wants to take that bet? Five on it is also... You can figure it out. It's also drink at O'Neill's tomorrow. That's also what five on it is, just so there's no confusion. We're live from O'Neill's tomorrow in the Northeast Heights. We're going to enjoy that a lot. Uh, we got a lot of cool guests joining us tomorrow, so we'll laugh a lot with them. Preview that throughout the program. Michael, you've not seen me and what I believe to I'm pulling up the calendar right now, Michael. I think you've not seen me since Thursday the 27th of January. Yowzer, almost a month. How does that make you feel? Well, it's like a long-lost relative or a cousin. Aww. That you hate. <laughs> <laughs> and now you have to play nice when they're at your favorite auntie's house. How was your Valentine's Day? It was good? Yes. I b- bought a bottle of wine and uh, had some lasagna with a girlfriend, and everything was good, yeah, I think. Very nice. Actually, this uh, noodles are good. I'm a noodles guy. Van and I traveled back from Los Angeles. Thank you to Southwest for really yo-yoing our hearts. The app kept saying flight delayed, flight canceled, flight on time. I didn't really know what was going on. There's no fights. Only one delay. It wasn't that bad. Did you, I saw a Reddit post that said there was 250 private jets that left within four hours of the conclusion of the Super Bowl. Wow. And they, and they had them all mapped out, like on their Kim trails. I don't know what you call that. Like across the country. Is that not right? I, I, don't, I don't think that's correct. I feel, what do you call, what is a, a, what is a flight called? Radar tracking, maybe? Flight path. Is the word I was Light trying to come up. Not oh, chemtrails. Okay. Those are wildly different. <laughs> chemtrails Kim Kim are what Kyrie snorts when he starts studying up on flat earth. Well, he's got a lot of time because he's only playing four out of the next 11 or something stupid. <laughs> he's going to go into the playoffs. Here's the thing in the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs. Th- there's a strong possibility Kyrie don't even play. Yeah. Like, the year out this series, dog. May not even make it. The they might playoffs. be without, and well, that's a good point. They're still the number three favorite to win the championship, with half of Kyrie. Right after the deadline, I saw that. Without Ben Simmons, he's not playing yet. 
Oh, he'll he'll be playing. Hey, isn't that isn't that just magical, Fred? That you get traded to the the most stressful city on the planet, and somehow your mental health gets better, and you're just able to play basketball immediately. Is that like how much Philadelphia sucks, or is New York just some magical place where your mental health goes away? Both. Okay, cool. <laughs> Let's go to New York then. They have a song about that. Actually, there's a lot of songs about New York, so pick whichever one you think fits best. I don't think my mental health magically went away as part of Frank Sinatra's New York, New York. Is it, would you say that's the anthem of New York? Okay, today's varsity. Today's varsity is the varsity of city anthems. Okay. okay? All right. So this is a good varsity. Now, the varsity today is at 615 because actually, all right, so we, we should probably do a crossover. We didn't even think about that. Yeah. So we need to get JJ. So let's actually see if we can get JJ a little earlier. So let's see if we can get him around like 545. So I'm going to reach out. So during the break, I'm going to text. Early crosstalk? Early crosstalk. This is revolutionary. Yeah. You know what we're doing? Changing the game. Changing the game. So we're going to, let me just see. We're going to, production on the fly here, Michael. Are you okay with this? Not a problem. See, because you're a capable guy. Six is better. Yes, it is. All right, six it is. Six it is. So we'll have to move the segment I titled Saving Baseball to 545. <laughs> I have a whole segment. So I got to change up my notes a lot because I thought you said shaving baseball. So I, I have a little bit of a stutter. I got time. I got time to figure it out. Feels good to be back in the studio, boys. Big win last night for, oh, we got to go to break already? No, two no, minutes. No, you got a couple minutes. Two minutes. Thank you. Because I know, Rob, you know, if there's anyone I don't want to keep waiting, it's Rob Portnoy, voice of the Lobos. Absolutely. Who we're going to talk Lobos because they housed number 22 Wyoming. Ew. You see what I did there? I, I do. And Do it again. See if Rob noticed. He'll notice. He'll notice. He's a pro. <laughs> He's a pro. Because they housed him. So I think by my understanding, again, going back to Steiner math. Hold on. Did they house him or did they mash burn the house down? Oh. Yeah. Which one is it? I'm not Paul sure. Scott Creek and the Graphic Connections. We're getting, right now, we're getting some bumper <laughs> yeah. stickers made. Name, image, likeness. Mash burn the house down. So I think by my understanding of Steiner math, the Lobos are now the 21st best team in the country. That's how it works, right? Yes, you beat the 22nd. You're on a three-game win streak. That complete, seems completely logical. My New Mexico Highland Cowboys are on a six, seven-game win streak right now. They're on a seven-game win streak. They've now climbed to seventh in the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference. They're looking at the tournament. They got big game at Metro on Friday. We're going to have Andrew Davidson, the assistant coach, on on Friday, by the way, because we're going to hype the Cowboys. Exciting. Because how do you go? they deserve it. Yes, they do. One in ten to start the conference. Obviously, all the blame was going on me, the broadcaster, and then the boys turn it around the second I leave town, and now that I'm back, they well, they let me call a big W last night against Adam State. And by the way, I'm not the guy that says I hate Adam State, but I feel about Adam State the way I feel about El Paso. Oh, do you really? That's bad. Hey, get your finger on the bleep button, Vital. Cause You're ready to dump me. It's going to get spicy. Rob Porter, when we get back from the break, thank you to Dave and Busters for being part of the program. Thank you to John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. Excuse me, Coldwell Banker Legacy as they sponsor the studio. We're two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. House on the take to the foul circle. Hesitation dribble. Down the rail. Lays it in. Jalen House with 30. Lobo 68. Wyoming 63. 
Oh, my God. Every caller to this show that's ever called has been absolutely wrong because the Lobos got their first ranked win of the season against Wyoming. Take that, everyone who hates things I love. Welcome to the show, Rob Portnoy. Rob, how are you? <laughs> that's awesome, Fred. You tell them. Why are they like that, Rob? Why do they hate, what, why do they hate everything I love in Lobos basketball? All of them. <laughs> There's a lot to love about this team, isn't there? That, that was fun last night, wasn't it? It was uh, it was special, you know. I was obviously I was broadcasting the Cowboys up in Highlands as they had that big win over Adam State, so I had to catch it after the fact, and I knew the outcome already. But I so I just went in with a big smile and rode the whole broadcast out. Oh, well, that's golden right there. You, you, you can't get better than that. No, I, truly, um, so excited for this group. Um, these guys are young. They're hungry. They've been working their tails off, Fred. They totally deserve to have a moment like this. The Lobo fans who have stuck with them absolutely deserve this moment. And, um, you know, you see some of the things that were posted on social media following the game and the way that the place was rocking there at the finish. And it's not 15-4-11. It's not the good old days yet. But if last night doesn't give you the confidence that Coach Patino is going to get this program back there, then I don't know what does. That was special. Okay, boys, we won a game yesterday. If we win today, it's called two in a row. If we win again tomorrow, it's called a winning streak. It has happened before. <laughs> hey, <laughs> go Lobos. Three in a row, including one over a ranked team. What's the buzz like in the locker room? What's the energy like? Any major league reference is a good reference in my book. You're that, welcome. That is awesome. Um, it's four of five, too, four of the last five. Uh, my favorite post from, from the program last night, Van, was seeing Coach Patino get completely caught off guard uh, by a water bottle shower as he walked into the locker room. <laughs> that was fantastic. And, gosh, I, I – I felt, and I, I, you know what's funny? You, you guys are going to love this because you guys are you're making an imprint in our community. You certainly have with me. And after last night's game, I thought about a conversation we had preseason, and you asked me how many conference wins you thought the Lobos could get to. And I said that I thought New Mexico was going to pull off a win or two against a team you didn't expect them to beat, and they might get to six or seven. And if they got really lucky, who knows, eight was even in the realm of possibility. And halfway through the league schedule, that wasn't looking very good. And they probably aren't going to get to that number, but they do have a win now that you wouldn't have expected. And I fully believe they can do it again. Uh, if not uh, tomorrow night in the pit, then, then maybe somewhere before the conference slate ends. And then certainly they're going to be the team no one wants to play in March in Vegas. Um, I, I think this is such a fun team to watch. How can you not be entertained by these guys? Rob, I'm a Legos guy, but I know that Sebastian Forsling, uh, well, he's a Mega Bloks guy. <laughs> Three of them last night, and uh, now there's got to be a conversation around the conference of him in front of the rim, right? Now people are going to know. Hey, check this out. So Jay Allen Tovar is one of the top five shot blockers in the conference in terms of average per game. Sebastian had three on-ball blocks against the best big in the conference, Graham E.K., last night. It's one thing to be help side guy, come over and send a shot away and stare at somebody. That's impressive. But what you're, if you're faced up on the best post player in the league and you, you swat him three times 
and he did it all in the first half. I mean, super impressive. The young man was undaunted last night. His energy is infectious. He's the guy that everybody loves to watch when he's on the bench celebrating his teammates' exploits on the court. And I absolutely shocked Hunter Green last night when I brought up the fact that this Lobo basketball team could end up being the most prolific shot-blocking team in the history of the program in terms of blocks per game if they continue on the pace that they're going. Um, Yes, it's not a great defensive team, but they've got some rim protectors. How about that? I just need what I need. Here's what I need. I need to sit down with Sebastian, the Swedish streetballer, and I need to say, I love what you do on the on the court. You play well, but let me teach you how to talk smack. Because that's the next <laughs> level. Uh, uh, yeah. for Afterwards, I just need to see that jaw move a little bit. Because that's that next level that I loved about the game when I played. Get him out there, do it on the court, but do it, do it slack-jawed too. Maybe he can teach you a little something about Swedish smack talk too. I mean, the guy <laughs> has four languages in his, in his pocket, so – um, that's pretty impressive, right? Yeah, he's uh, yes, he is smarter and better than me at everything, Rob. Thank you for the reminder. <laughs> Maybe not saying peep after you block someone's ball into the stands. That's the Swedish way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Silent killer. Rob, does, does, oh, does, stuff, does this hold the criticism off of Coach Patino, or is this like a signature win where he's got a lot bigger buffer zone, a lot bigger gray area for the way the season's going? I think there's always a, at least a first-year honeymoon van. I mean, I, I don't think the expectations on this team were too unrealistic from the Lobo fan base. I certainly hope that's the case, and I believe that to be true based on what I've seen. And, and certainly in, in the reports that I've gotten from Coach Patino and those around the program about the response, you know, from the fan base that's close to the program on the way that it's been received so far past the halfway point of his first season leading the program. I, I don't think he needed this for uh, whatever, for, for there to be a calming uh, effect on, on the, the negative sentiment. I, I really don't, but I think it's awesome. Let me put it that way. If you look at the schedule through the first half, nobody played a tougher conference slate than the Lobos did through the first half of the league slate. And they were in most of those games. There were not a lot of blowouts. Um, Yes, they got worked at San Diego State. Yes, they got worked at UNLV. Pretty much every game was a game that they were very much in Mm -hmm. and had a chance to win. And they didn't do it. I mean, they, they... they were on the flip side of the coin that had Wyoming sitting 22 in the country entering last night's game. I'm not kidding. Wyoming had five victories in league going into last night of either two point or one point. They had been the masters of the close game. I really do believe that the, the law of averages was going to catch up with them at some point in the same way that it finally came back to the Lobos because the Lobos have been losing a lot of single-digit or one possession games to conference powerhouses. And it's not to say they should have won all of them. They could have won some of them. They finally did win one last night. And I thought the, the most ironic part of it was that pregame, I asked Coach Patino if his team was ready to win a game that kind of got mucked up a little bit. He likes to call games that get like that rock fights. This was certainly that last night. We saw K.J. Jenkins' nose bloodied by an elbow from Ike. We saw a sprained ankle, which I actually talked to Jalen Tovar today. He said he tweaked both ankles in last night's game. He was still running to the rim in the second half and was huge. 
Um, this was a rock fight last night. The Lobos at times couldn't score the ball, and yet they still won it in a game where they scored in the 70s. And it's not that they didn't have a good field goal percentage on the game. They did. But this wasn't the track meet where they scored 91 and lost mm. in Laramie. And I asked Coach Patino pregame, can they win a game like that yet? And he said, what is, why the hell are you asking me that? I mean, that's almost right. a quote. He's like, I don't know. I have no idea. And they did it. I asked him postgame, and he smiled. He said, I thought you were crazy, but we finally did it. SID Steve Kirkland put out this real interesting stat. I don't know if you know it. New Mexico snapped a 30-game losing streak when trailing at halftime, posting its first win after being behind at the break since December 22nd, 2019, versus Houston Baptist. I don't know if you were aware of that, Rob, but was there an energy that felt different for this team in the second half than what you had felt before when coming out trailing over the last, what is like two years now? None of us was aware of that. Yeah. And- uh, that was something he shared with me post-game after we were off the air last night. He is the master of being on top of things that you wouldn't think of. I mean, that's really, he's so good at his job. I cannot tell you um, how incredible it is. Um, I've got a new one for you to throw on top of that, which he's already researched for us, and, and he uh, shared it with me. And, and, of course, it'll be part of the broadcast tomorrow night. How about the last player in the Mountain West to – do what Jalen House has done in consecutive league games. He has gone for 42 and 34 in back-to-back league games. So that's 76. The last player to do that, score that many points in consecutive games, his team wasn't in the current configuration of the league. You have to go all the way back to BYU and Jimmer Fredette. Jimmer Fredette. Ah, I got it. <laughs> yep. So um, you guys are money, and, yeah, Steve Kirkland is money with his notes. The uh, – the director of communications for basketball is is off the chain. Strong work. Uh, and my mistake, I think I said sports information director, but yeah, you're absolutely correct. Uh, no, hey, SID is still a thing. Yeah. You can use either one. He does he, not mind that at all. Hey, uh, sidebar real quick between me and Van. Van, we going to the Colorado State game tomorrow night at the Lobos. It's at 7 o'clock. I mean, we'll be a shade late or whatever. we got to do the show, but I think we show up on time and then we enjoy this ride now that's going on. It could be like it's five, six, I lost seven and four in a row. Uh, here's the problem. Yeah. I can't hear voice of the Lobos, Rob Portney, when I'm there live. <laughs> So I will reluctantly go to the game with you, Fred, even though I can't hear Rob. The boys are going to be at the game tomorrow night, Rob, and we're definitely going to laugh about everything that's going. So, well, you'll have started working. So we'll have to wait till after, and then we'll have to we'll have to figure out a way to finish the night out. Rob, stick around for another segment because uh, during the Super Bowl, there was one commercial that jumped out to me, Rob, and it was about this new Lakers series, and we're about to break that thing down because HBO better give it the justice it deserves, and who better to talk to about it than the man himself, Rob Portnoy, the ultimate Lakers fan. We're two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Okay, Rob. Rob Portnoy, voice of the UNM Lobos, voice of the men's basketball team, which is just absolutely killing it every single night. HBO announced this past Sunday, and if they announced it before that, I missed it because I only saw it during a Super Bowl commercial. This new the docuseries, and I don't know what to call it, winning time on the start of the Lakers dynasty. Rob Portnoy, you are the biggest Lakers fan in the history of the planet. Your level of excitement for this quantify for me. This is so much in my sweet spot. Mm -hmm. I don't even know where to start. Uh Um, They're calling it a dramatic miniseries. And the idea that John C. Riley, one of my all-time favorite character actors, is playing Jerry Buss just has me tingling with excitement. 
he's going to be the perfect fit. Like him and Adrian Brody and then a ragtag bunch of other up-and-coming actors in all these positions are going to be amazing. But what I'm really excited for is director Adam McKay. Yeah. Who everything he touched has been gold. And if you don't know who this guy is, he's behind Anchorman, Anchorman 2, Talladega Nights, and Step Brothers. So, I mean, it doesn't get better for a comedy resume. But after he did The Other Guys, which is also phenomenal, he moved into serious movies. And he's also the guy who did The Big Short, which is with Steve Carell and all the other great actors about, you know, the collapse of the 08 economy. And Vice. Vice, which was absolutely phenomenal. And uh, Don't Look Up. Which took Netflix by storm about six weeks ago. So there's the connection with John C. Riley, with McKay and, right. and yeah. Riley. And the cast, if you dig deep into the cast, like we're going to meet some new faces, but one of the members of the Bust family is Sally Field. I just, I, yeah. the, there's so, so much depth to this. Um, I cannot wait, guys. And I, I'm glad that all the, the, all the characters are in there. Like, I mean, they're going to they're gonna have the rise and fall of Paul Westhead and the, the, the takeover by Pat Riley. And uh, I'm... <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> hey, let me just say that every single available episode will be in perpetuity downloaded onto my laptop so every future road trip I can watch this miniseries. I cannot believe it. Can we talk for two seconds, boys? Can we just... Can we, it's just us three right here and Michael Vital listening adjacently. Sally Field, to me, is on a different level. Sally Field. Totally. When I was when when I was a younger man, uh-huh. and I was like, maybe I, maybe I, maybe I, you know what? Okay, Sally Field's the one. And like, <laughs> like that is so good. It's, it's oh, she's just very um, special in all the ways that I identify that. Um, I got a problem though, Rob. I have put, and I haven't. It doesn't debut until the first week of March, which I think is after Peacemaker ends, which is my favorite thing in the entire world. John Cena is the best actor on the planet, best actor ever. My problem is I need this docuseries winning time about the Lakers to dethrone Ted Lasso so that Van will shut up. Do you think <laughs> it gonna, has not gonna happen? Does it have that potential to put Ted Lasso on its ass? Probably not. No. I have to acknowledge <laughs> Ted Lasso is so good that some of it goes over my head. I mean, I, it's just unbelievable. I, I have such high hopes for this, though. And I, I'll, I'll, this is totally random, um, but because. It is a dramatic series made for television, right, uh, for release. I, I feel compelled almost um, to, to dig into Jeff Perlman's Showtime, which nobody has ever researched the Showtime Lakers like that guy did for that book. And I have been meeting to read it forever. And I, I don't know if it will spoil the show for me if I do it first. Maybe I watch the show first, and then I – read the book to sort of fact check, but I just cannot wait, dudes. I cannot wait. Speaking of cannot wait, I cannot wait to see what storylines they really delve into. Like the magic, like what he was doing after the game in them hotel rooms. <laughs> right. Like the drug use, the partying. I mean the Hey it, it wasn't first- just the it wasn't just Showtime. The with John C. Riley on a bed with a woman, and the two things that make me believe in God are sex and basketball. I think that's your answer. <laughs> I agree completely. There is a rich history of HBO doing this the right way. I don't. You boys watch Arliss? Did you boys watch Arliss? Oh sure. Okay. Ballers with the Rock was kind of terrible, but Eastbound and Down is in a lot of people's tops of all time. HBO set the bar so high. Mm-hmm. Even if they miss the bar, boys, it's still going to be better than anything that's been done before. 
Like, it's, oh, and I'm a huge fan of real sports, and I know that's a completely different genre and very serious, but yeah, they, they don't do things halfway. No, they don't. This is the, the 70s 8mm camera, like all grainy and poppy, like it would have been in the time, like giving you that feel that you're exactly there. It's like, whew. Rob, how, how old were you in 79, Rob? Okay, so, gosh, um, I can remember during one of their NBA Finals victories in the 80s, and they were champs in 80, 82, 85, 87, and 88. That's just easy off the top of my head. Right. The losses we won't talk about, Celtics. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, one of them, I had to shorten up a speech at our graduation, our high school graduation, so I didn't miss a minute so of smart. one of the games of That's the finals. Amazing. So I, that dates me, but it, 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 those are my teams. The Showtime Lakers are my teams. There is no brand of basketball that matches the way that they played the game. The way the game was played in the 80s, um, frankly, uh, he's the GOAT. There's no question that Michael Jordan's the GOAT. But 90s NBA basketball was nauseating compared to the way that was played in the 80s. That's just a fact. I have a similar story about my 8th grade graduation when I had to shorten a speech so I didn't miss the finale of Seinfeld. Let's not get the rest that's of that. Seinfeld. Leave that alone. Yeah. That's, that's, I thought you were going to say the OJ chase. That was, <laughs> that was the case with me. Johnson was number one in 79. And then a bunch of guys, uh, Bill Cartwright obviously could play. Bill Cartwright like, like had that, but... It was really just magic from the 79 class, right? Like maybe Jim Paxson, I guess, a little bit. But the 79 and then I think 78 was Larry Bird. Is that right? Right before? So Well, they played each other in a finals. Yes. Um, in the yeah. NCAA in 78, finals. yeah. And, yes. And it, it, it's just – you're right. There, there's, there's no one else in their class. No. And, um, you know, and I said the Celtics, the, the, the Lakers did lose a, a finals as well when – no, the Sixers were able to secure Moses. And I, look, that, that is the, the it's the, the sweet spot era for the NBA for me. And, and I, I, that's it's kind of when the NBA turned the corner and, and moved from fringe and, um, you know, the gosh, in the 70s, the finals were even on tape delay. And uh, the Showtime Lakers helped bring basketball into the mainstream. I think they need a docu-series, dramatic, dark comedy on HBO uh, because I, there's just not enough Lakers fans out there. I think they really need to like just bring some new people into the fan base. I feel like it's just underserviced, really, the way I see it. Replace that with Rams. <laughs> <laughs> you think uh, Adrian Brody is the right choice as Pat Riley? That is a major, major role Hardness. in this miniseries. Absolutely. Oh, he's going to be amazing. The looks don't match. Not at all. But I'm, I'm sure he's going to kill it. I just watched this Pam and Tommy uh, redo documentary on Netflix, and they can make anyone look like anyone now. We are living in the future, boys. Like I, I saw, saw one shot of Solomon Hughes lying on a couch, and he looked just like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Perfect. I could not believe it. Perfect. All right, here we go. Once a week. Yes. The boys. Yes. And the voice of the Lobos, Rob Portnoy, we recap. Winning time. I love this. Break Time it down. Yeah, this to me, this is a Monday, like, cannot, like, hey, spoiler heavy. Like, if you, like, if Give you. a week. Yeah, no, there's no way, because I'll be too excited. We watch, we watch <laughs> Winning Time on Sunday night or whatever night it comes out on, and then the next day, 
And if you're in the club, you're in the club. And we don't even do it on our show. We come in first segment on the opening drive. Yes. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Act, opening Sign drives, me up they started, because it requires me to watch the show immediately. Yes. I love okay. that. Opening drives start, oh, like, obviously, 7 a.m. every day. We come on at 6.45 a.m., so we don't. <laughs> so we preempt no one. We're, we're sorry, Doug Gelb. We are coming in to do this program. Sorry, Albuquerque. Sorry, loyal listeners. Sorry, friends of the show. Rob Portnoy will not be talking about the Lobos no. for the next 10 weeks as we'll be talking strictly winning time. <laughs> Starts the first week of March. Rob, the good thing is an international brand. I, I'm sure there are enough Lakers fans to make it go. Rob, we are uh, almost at the break. I just wanted to share with you. I went to my first Lakers game and was out at the Not Staples Center while we were at the Super Bowl. And uh, you were right about everything you said. It's special and wonderful and, and perfect. And also, Vital's uh, Bucks just really wiped the floor with the Lakers while I was there. <laughs> Antetokounmpo, did he do a 50-burger on a total of 21 field goal attempts yesterday? Yes, he did. He went 17-21, boys. He had Scoring the, 50 points, that's incredible. As, as, I might have to double-check this, but I think that's the most points ever scored on the least amount of shots. That's, there's probably some truth to that. Yeah, the, he, he had the quietest 40 against the Lakers the night we were there that I had seen in the history of the NBA. It was, Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't that the night that LeBron in the postgame said, yeah, we're not ready to compete with them? Uh, go fish. I was busy in Los Angeles celebrating me at the Super Bowl. Of course you were. <laughs> so there's, <laughs> there's not a lot. And if you asked me to recall something, I would really struggle. Really struggle. Anything I, after 8 or 9 p.m., not a solid memory. Rob, I know I went to a Halsey concert. Couldn't tell you anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a darn good thing you guys weren't at Radio Row and doing a morning show. That would have stunk. Uh, well, we were there every morning. and uh, You were still like the second or third people there. Right. It was ridiculous how professional we were during professional hours and the juxtaposition to how van we were during unprofessional hours. <laughs> Don't throw van under the bus like that. <laughs> I live under the bus. Rob Pornoy, voice of the Lobos. We'll see you tomorrow night, friend, as the Lobos host Colorado State at home at the pit. Sounds good, boys. He's one of the best. The best. He, You know, I take it back. I shouldn't have said one of. He's the best. It's okay. What I would like to do, forget everything I just said. Rob Portnoy is the best. Cut that off. Put it somewhere. Do something with it. That's how I feel. That's how I always feel. That's how I've always felt. I'm excited to start the morning tomorrow at the YMCA Central New Mexico van. We uh, were out of we were out of town all week. We When's the last it? time you guys been there? Okay. So you gonna rub you gonna rub some salt in this one too? Because it's been it's been well it's been one week. I mean we were at the Super Bowl. I mean, what do we, so there's a YMCA out there, but here's the thing. I was not in a like a physical or mental state where I could have. That is very true. Of course not. Yeah. Also, with the libations that we were experiencing, I mean, that sweat would have had a terrible, terrible odor to it. Better out of us than in us. Good sentence. <laughs> very good sentence. <laughs> also, thank you, too. New Mexico Opinion for always powering us on the program. I'm, well, I'm drinking it right now, so that's how your boy gets down. When we get back from the break, we'll wrap up the first hour. Uh, I got more jokes. I got more laughs, and I'm going to make fun of uh, probably Vital. I just I haven't really figured it out yet. Michael, we were gone for a week at the Super Bowl, and you didn't text us anything about how much you cared about us. You didn't wish us luck, and you didn't even pull the classic, make sure you get me a Super Bowl shirt move. 
I didn't like the design of the Super Bowl. <laughs> Plus, I didn't like the teams that were there. And I'm still bummed out about what you thought of Leroy Butler's career. How dare you? Ooh, that's what it was. Just twisted the knife, didn't he, Vitale? We sat down with our new friend of the show, Marcus Trufant, mm-hmm. who played at Washington State. I went to Washington State. And we said, hey, you got drafted in 02, 03, whatever it was. Leroy Butler retired in 01. We're like, how much tape did you watch on Leroy? Was he like the example for the class? And he said, uh, Mr. Butler is a nice individual. He's a kind man, and I'm certain he's a wonderful father. Well, he also said I was a running back during that time, and I didn't look at. He was not a running back, back he in college. He, he said he was a beast. Yeah. He, he said he was a running back, and he didn't study any defensive right. backs tapes. That's what he actually All said. Right, boys, in college, he was a defensive back. Uh-huh. And also this, calling someone a beast on the football field, is like that's like locker room talk for you don't really know. That's like, that's like oh, yeah, he's a real clubhouse guy. Yeah, he, goes, he takes good at bats. Like, shut up. Fred, I call you a beast on the microphone all the time. No, that's c- kind of like beast mode with the Skittles guy. The, old... right. the Skittles guy. Vital. <laughs> Here, I have a very... Hey, he's the Subway guy now because he was oh, a yeah. spokesperson for Subway during the Super Bowl. Yep. Who, who was? Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn. The Skittles guy. Oh, we saw him at the thing. Yeah. A- AKA the Skittles guy. <laughs> Vital, we went to the NFL... Did you guys talk about this yesterday? Went to the NFL Experience... We broke every apparatus at the yes. NFL experience. Uh, at least two. We are not cool. We think we are a lot cooler than we are. Well, I mean, we have video evidence to the contrary. That we are insanely cool. Yeah. <laughs> Boys are not. It was a good trip, though. You don't say. We had on... All right, so a lot of those interviews that we had on, we were able to be like, hey, here's... Here's a lot of jokes. Here's a lot of timeliness. Here's a lot of fun. Literally until the Leroy Butler talk. And it was like, like no one was even familiar with him enough to be able to throw like, like jokes at his boys. You know, Vital, you got nothing? Vital's on the phone. Oh, okay. That's the thing. You always talk okay, about. Okay, I'm back. What? It, yeah. He's, it, he's still lambasting Hall of Famer, four-time All-Pro, first, four-time first-team All-Pro. He's the first here. He changed the way safeties played because look at this. He had 44 interceptions and 22 sacks. Nobody else has done that. I think one other safety has done that besides him. So there. And they're both in the Hall of Fame. Right. Are they names I'm familiar with? Yeah, the other one, yes. But uh, he, he helped change the way the safeties were played going forth in the 90s to the. I appreciate. Century. I appreciate you describing Aeneas Williams. I get that. That makes sense to me. But I'm talking about Leroy Butler. That's who I was talking about. No. (laughs) (laughs) There are a couple guys who changed the game. Leroy Butler was not one of them. If you were to be like, hey, let's name the 25 uh, greatest defensive backs of all time. He's on it. He he is not on it. (laughs) And he's so much not on it, you're going to get guys on it that you're not even familiar with. As defensive backs. Definitely not a top 10 guy. Definitely not a top 10 guy. For a thousand percent, not a top 10 guy. Not a 15 guy. Not a 20. Not a 25. You want to put him in the top 50? I'll have that conversation. Does the 50 best defensive back deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? He does not. I'm going to tell you right now, he's better than Rodney Harrison. Rodney Harrison wasn't that good. 
Hall of very good. We had a lot of tackles. Everybody's got an opinion when it comes to who's in the Hall of Fame. The cat he played with up there, Darren Sharper, was better than he was. Darren Sharper didn't have the numbers. Not at the time he was up there because he left in 04. Numbers or longevity. Also, it's all about the numbers. I mean, for him, it's off the field. That's all it's all about for Darren. Darren Sharper. Don't remind me. Yeah. A little bit of prison time there. I'm just saying, he ain't nothing. Leroy Buller. All right, we go to the all right, we go to Green Bay. Us three. We'll go. You know we will. We'll go next year. We go to Green Bay for a game. So Vans Green Bay Packers hosting Vital Chicago Bears. Uh I'm a Packers fan. I'm yeah. not a Bears fan. There will be zero Leroy Butler jerseys. You talk smack on Leroy Butler, and the very next day we saw a Leroy Butler jersey at the NFL fan experience. Yeah, also, <laughs> Vital. Did you really? Yes. Yeah, because it was right next to a Goodwill, and the guy jumped in there beforehand and picked it up for uh, 550 Sure he didn't. <laughs> Guys I've never heard of are better than Leroy Butler. What do you got against him, Mr. Lam- Lambo Leap? What's 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 the matter? That's literally the thing I got for him is that he's Mr. Lambo Leap. Okay, I could run off Not about I could run off about two dozen. Better than him? I have Leroy like right around low twenties, mid twenties all time. Yeah, that's about right. Top that 50. deserves to be in the hall. No, that deserves right. to be in the Hall of Fame. No, not even close. He, you know what, you know what I've done on Leroy Butler? I've Lambo leaped over him as even being considered in the top fifty now. Well, it's too late. Because he's in the Hall of Fame. We're at O'Neill's tomorrow night in Knob Hill. Come hang out with your boys. Two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Lobos open up Lobos football, boys. Opens up the season 9-3 at home against Maine. I was like, well, let's talk about it. Who can we talk to? Well, back from Los Angeles himself as well as Danny Gonzalez. Coach, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. How was uh, how was Radio Row? Oh my gosh, Coach, we didn't deserve the opportunity that was given to us by the Sports Animal. It was it was at or near the best professional experience I've ever had. That's awesome. Well, for what you guys do in the afternoon, you more than well deserved it. Yeah, I know. Uh, you were out in Los Angeles. You did the Disney World thing. How was Disney World or Disneyland? It, it was it was unbelievable. I mean, uh, it's a tradition we have in our family when Dad's gone during recruiting to. Spent some time together. We stayed there on property. Uh, we had a two great days at Disneyland. Oh, uh, obviously, they're making up for that time they were closed in the pocketbook, but it was a great <laughs> old time. I saw I saw a statistic just very recently said the inflation rate of Disneyland versus the inflation rate of the dollar makes the dollar inflation rate look like nothing. Where it's like, Nothing. yeah, we're still even money on the dollar from 1950, but Disney is now in already in, in 2055 or whatever. So, well, I mean, you used to be able to get in the park and, and ride every ride for the cost of the ticket. That is not the case anymore, but it was worth it. Coach, we're on Radio Row in Los Angeles for the Super Bowl, and there were 132 radio stations and another 20 TV stations, and about 90 of them asked about you and how you were doing. That was crazy. Coach, well, it's very kind of those people. I mean, the, the you meet you get to meet a lot of wonderful people in this business. Um, our time, both in San Diego and at Arizona State, we met a bunch of people that that have really touched our lives. And and there's just genuine people like you guys out there. And when you get an opportunity to spend a little bit of time around them, 
uh, build relationships. It's really a, a really cool deal. Yeah, the, the outpouring of support for, for you and your squad, especially Coach Long, was just phenomenal to hear from all across the country. Coach, we got a new football schedule for next year. I'm seeing, awesome. I'm seeing 11 wins. Do you want to just go ahead and go ahead and say 12? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If we play 14 games, there'll be a whole bunch of happy people around here. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, we're we're excited about the. I mean, we get to start with the first five out of eight games at home, which is exciting. Uh, I think we've got a really neat opportunity to one have a gigantic crowd against Boise State week two. I mean, we open up yeah. with Bain. And then we get our first conference game at home against Boise in week two. Uh, it should still, I mean, obviously we, we get early big crowds. We have a chance at last year. We had almost 30,000 for New Mexico State. Um, I think we're going to have a very competitive football team. We'll be better this year. I think we've got a chance to be really good in two years. But we'll, be, we'll have a chance to win those games. And, and if we can get people to fill that stadium, it helps. I tell you, we had a great crowd against New Mexico State last year, and that helped significantly. And if they show up for Boise State, I mean, you saw what happened last night with Pitt Magic. Coach Patino's doing a great job. I think we have the best backcourt in the Mountain West, hands down. Uh, I mean, between Jalen House and Jamal Mashburn. And last night's atmosphere was awesome. We can do that same thing across the street in the den uh, for our first three games, Maine, Boise State, and UTEP. That's a heck of an opportunity. Coach, Friday night, Friday night, Friday night, Friday night. Like, forget Saturdays. The boys play on Fridays now. Like, how does that change? How does that change like weeks for you? How does that change preparation? Um, we try and now, when they ask me, and they'll ask me over the next few days, because the TV schedule come out, and I pissed off CBS Sports last year because they wanted to put our New Mexico State game on a Friday night. Right. My personal opinion is that's high school football night. That's how I feel. Keep them on state. Saturdays. Yep. And so I tell them no, and they get mad at us. They don't put us on TV. But you know what? If we win enough games, they won't have enough. They won't have a choice. They'll have to put us on. So that'll still be my strong answer to play on Saturdays. But when you do get a Friday game, uh, it's one day, one less day of preparation. It's not so much the the coaches that it's hard on. It's harder on the players because their bodies have one less day of recuperation. And the way we play around here, we try to be the toughest team in this league. Um, they take some bumps and bruises, and and if they don't feel good then you have a good football team. If they feel okay, then you're pretty soft and you're not going to win very many games. So hopefully we get as many Saturday games as possible to get that extra day. We're still trying. There's possibilities we'll move the main game to on September 3rd to September 1st, that Thursday, because Labor Day weekend is a pretty big weekend to get out of town for people in Albuquerque. Yep. And I thought last year against Houston Baptist, that Thursday night was a great crowd. We can do the same things, and then it'll give us an extra day to get ready for Boise State. All right, no pressure, Coach, but uh, not, you you always kind of seem to get Halloween off or whatever. So the boys are inviting you right now to a Halloween party, Coach. You, you want to be like uh, three amigos? Like, what's your energy with us for Halloween? Uh, you know what? I, I'm I'm willing to do whatever you guys want to do. I mean, I'm all in. I mean, I we've been uh, we've been very fortunate. I mean, I got two littles that that absolutely love Halloween, and uh, they drag me around. And, I say they drag me around. I think I'm probably the one dragging them around trick-or-treating because I think it's a great time and a great night. So we're all in. We're, we're up for whatever. Coach, I know as close to zero about Maine football as anyone can. Is is this a warm-up for our real season, or is this a trap game? Can, can Maine put it on us? You know what? Maine uh, was a good football team last year. Uh, they lost their head coach. They've got a couple of new coordinators. I mean, we're, we're watching some – 
Yale film now because that's where their defensive coordinator come from. Uh, offensively, um, they'll they'll be a spread RPO team, uh, which we've seen a ton of. It's kind of the kind of what you see almost week to week. But they were a very competitive football team last year in a good league. Um, no games again. Me anybody can beat anybody on Saturday. I mean, we go to we go to LSU and we play in Baton Rouge, and I promise you, nobody in America except for the kids in our locker room are going to think we're going to win. And I don't think going into Texas A&M last year, I had the feeling that we were going to win. I don't think our kids believed it. Uh, the greatest thing we have going on right now in spring football practice is the attitude of our team. Uh, we've, we're more talented. We've, we don't have the most talent, but we have enough talent to be competitive, and we have a bunch of kids that believe in what we're doing. They believe in themselves. So I'm really looking forward to next football season. August for training camp is going to be here a lot sooner than anybody can imagine. Coach, Maine's hockey country. Is there some kind of NCAA rules where they can play in uh, hockey skates? Or That's it, a good question. Or do, you, or do you have to put on cleats? <laughs> well, I mean, I think it would give us an advantage, I would hope. I mean, look, <laughs> they're out there spicing us. Now, we've got a great hockey team on our campus right now that's doing a heck of a job. Oh, heck yes, Maybe they we are. we can do a doubleheader and, and coach will want to play on a Friday night out of the season. All right, so this the Rio Grande rivalry, that's obviously what everyone looks at first on the schedule. Coach, it's seven games into the season. I, I don't know what the numbers are, but that feels like insanely late yeah, in the year for yeah. me. Like, what kind of extra hype does it put on the big game? You know, I think it's uh, my personal opinion, and I've been pushing this, and I think they're afraid down there. I don't know. I would love <laughs> to play it on Thanksgiving weekend every year. I mean, we played on Thanksgiving weekend like all the traditional national rivalries. Uh, I think it would be a heck of a deal. Um, I'd push for it, but right now we're going to play them in October. They uh, most everybody prefers to play it early in the season. Now, football in Albuquerque is a little different, both really in the state of New Mexico. There's a lot of excitement early, and unless you're winning by big margins, some people lose interest. Um, when we were here before with Coach Long as the head coach, we kept interest throughout the season, so I don't buy that nonsense. I know a lot of people around here love the Lobos, and we're coming out of this pandemic. I know it gives us an opportunity. Like I said, week two against Boise, We've got a great opportunity for a big crowd, and then we're going to travel a bus, hopefully numerous buses, down I-25 and go play that other team down there. Eight of these 12 games are against teams that played in a bowl last season, and I think Maine had a winning record. Uh, Does this seem like the most important schedule in recent Lobos football history? Well, I think what it is, I think it's a great home schedule, which the people around here should be really excited to come and watch some good football. Uh, We're getting better. I know last year's scoreboard and a 3-9 record and hearing a football coach saying we're going the right direction sounds insane. But I've said it from the very beginning. It's a, it's a building process we're going through. Uh, we've, got, we've got still a ways to go, but we're going to be a very competitive football team, and we're going to win a conference championship around here in the next three years That's is it. my opinion. So we're going the right direction, and it gives the city of Albuquerque something to look forward to, but I think it's a great schedule. Coach, back to the Rio Grande rivalry. I mean, of course you want that home game. You want to paint cherry and silver all over this stadium. But doesn't it feel great to go down there to we wish we were Albuquerque Stadium or whatever it's called and get a win? I, you know what? I want, I, they've got an interesting setup down there. And our locker room, we actually have people put up a tent because their locker room's not very big. So that we actually get ready in a tent before the game. Uh, it's just one more of those things that we do as we go down there. Um, it's a it is a great rivalry though, as far as it's been played for a long time, and, and we've dominated it. 
uh, we need to continue doing that. Uh, the great thing about it is they believe they're better than we are. We believe we're better than they are, and that's what makes it so much fun. And the stuff, I mean, it's just like our, our basketball teams this year. We went down there and won. They came up here and upset us on a last-second circus shot. Um, the stuff that happened post-game, I mean, you know what? You can't get your feelings hurt. Just go out there and do what you do the next time. And so, I mean, it's a, it's turning into a heated rivalry again, which it should be. It's the two biggest schools in this state. Both schools take a lot of pride. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited that Coach Kill is there. He's a great football coach. He'll develop a great football team, and it'll be a very competitive football game, and I'm excited to play it. All right, hear me out, Coach. I call Chisholm Trail RV. We get a caravan of RVs together, and we replace that tent that you have to use outside the locker room, and you boys get the luxury and amenities of a beautiful, like, fifth-wheel pull-behind RV from Chisholm Trail. I feel like that's the move. Well, hey, if if, uh, if you can get enough people in, I- I'm all in. I mean, whatever we can do to make it as, as comfortable as we can. This will be, and then all that'll do is make a, a shower a little bit warmer after the game. Yeah, there it is. This will be my first rivalry game at Las Cruces. I've never been like this. I'm as hyped for this as any home game this season. Also, I'm hyped because I'm going to get to see the Lobos in person at least seven times this year, and that's incredible. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I, I take a lot of flack for my my disdain for them, and that's okay. I mean, if if you like them, <laughs> yeah. it's not considered a rivalry. And if it gets people to want to go to the game because they don't like me and my comments about that school, that's okay, too. Then come on out and yell and scream at me. and That just means you're spending money on the football game and both teams are getting better. So uh, I'm excited to, that that game will be played. It's October 15th. Uh, I can't wait. Coach, I needed a little analysis on the Super Bowl. I know, I know you're watching. I know you're a fan. What do you think was the big difference in the Super Bowl for the Rams to pull out that victory? Well, I'll say this. Uh, Coach McVeigh, uh, and and I, I mean, I don't, I like the the idea of going for it on fourth down, but that fly sweep called on fourth and one on your own thirty with about four minutes to go in the game, that's as as big and gutsy a call as I've ever seen, and to do it on the biggest stage, and to not care what the ramifications are, because if they don't get that first down, Cincinnati's going to score and the game's over. Yep, and converted it. I mean, when you've got a guy like Cooper Cup who can do the, those kind of things. Uh, why not make that call? And it won them the game. Um, I thought they did a great job on that last drive. And then Matthew Stafford, I mean, a no-look pass in the Super Bowl on the biggest stage. Unreal. And if you watch it from the, the, the coach's copy, the end zone copy, because we get spoiled and we have access to all those things, the safety that was supposed to play in the dig right there jumped on his pump, I mean, jumped on his no-look. And if he doesn't, the ball's going to be intercepted. So, what a great play by a veteran player. I mean, they obviously did a great thing in getting him on their team. And then Cooper Cup, who is like a lot of the guys that we recruit. Now, I'm not saying we have a bunch of Cooper Cups on our team yet, (laughs) but he was recruited by nobody and went to Eastern Washington. And he probably was the best NFL, the best receiver in the NFL. And there's an argument he might have been the best player in the NFL this year. So, the knowledge that he has of the game, and they were able to put it all together on the biggest stage, and what a great game to watch. Coach, we got to cut you loose. What is the next upcoming excitement for Lobo fan? What is the next thing that Lobo fan can see in person? Well, uh, tomorrow night, Colorado State, we uh, go. we've got a big basketball game. Tomorrow is also Lobo Give Day. Uh, you'll be, we'll be on the radio here and out. I'll be at the basketball game tomorrow night on the microphone. 
It's about supporting the university's athletic department tomorrow. Uh, we have a mission to hit all, get a donation from all 50 states. Uh, last year we had some success internationally. So tomorrow's a gigantic day for the Lobo Athletic Department. Uh, I say it all the time. If we want to be special and we want to do the things that, that people talk about, one, people got to show up to the pit, celebrate, uh, watch our Lobos, support our Lobos, show up to the den in the fall. We want to be big. Don't just talk about it. Be about it. And that also comes. It's going to take everybody. Give what you can. Uh, help support this. We're on a mission. I mean, there, there's a lot of exciting things happening around here. And the big basketball program, big basketball game tomorrow night, our women's program is doing unbelievable this year. I mean, they're on their way for a conference championship and winning the conference tournament. Our men might get hot and win the tournament. Uh, we're in the middle of spring football. So there's all kinds of exciting things going on. Todd, Coach Brown and uh, Coach Congleton, the softball and baseball is getting going. Track's getting going. Luke Weissong on our football team is, is going to compete in the conference championships here indoor in a couple weeks. So it's an exciting time of year. Uh, we're not playing any football games, so there's no stress right now. We're just practicing to get better. I appreciate you guys having me on. I know I'm long-witted, but thanks for all you do. Lobo give day tomorrow. Go Lobos. Coach G, thank you so very much. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you, Coach. I know if I tell you, you mentioned the Cherry and Silver spring game is coming up as well. Uh, I don't have the number in front of me. I don't have the date on that. But I, I'll get it. I'll get it during the break. We'll be on it. We're always on it. I mean, sometimes we're a step behind. Sometimes I'm like, I got five on it. And you're like, Fred, it's actually six. We're Not a step six. behind. You can't see what's coming in front of you, bro. Okay. Again, <laughs> we go, we, we leave the state for one week, and it's like you just pick up all these weird quotes. Well, that was freestyle, so it, oh, um, no. it's, it's going to be a weird quote now. All right, here's a trick for the friend of the show. Anytime Van says brother at the end of a sentence, it's a quote he heard from someone that he doesn't recognize as famous enough to put a name on it that none of that's none of that's true <laughs> so it's like a hometown friend it's an uncle he doesn't speak to regularly but anytime he drops a brother on the end where we get back from the break brother <laughs> brother <laughs> bro uh you and i are meeting with electric playoffs tomorrow as we're going to discuss the uh, final details on our wiffle ball and dodgeball league so stay tuned to all of our social media outlets as we're going to bring that exciting news to the friends of the show because uh well i'm excited to blow my elbow out there's no punchline there. That's just literally what's going to happen. happen. Two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. You mad at me, Vitale? He's trying to make you angry. You mad at me it, right it, now? It, it was like when you shuffle a deck of cards, you just don't uh-huh. know what's coming up on the dealer table. Uh huh. I thought you said you were going to do your due diligence and get all Dave Matthews out of our rotation. Uh, I, I did make noise about it, so uh, there was, but it hasn't <laughs> the, happened. The greatest halftime show in the history of all professional sports just occurred, and there's an entire discography of six like platinum-level artists. Oh, I agree. That you could have chose from. I could have if I wanted to many times, but uh, it's not. It's not a, DMB it's not. now stands for Dumb Michael Beats because this is unacceptable. All right, get, all right, we, we run the jewels, but we don't do the other thing right. <laughs> no. But, run the jewels is not good enough to balance out Dave Matthews. No, Dave Matthews is not, does not even come close to the street cred to play Sister Bar. <laughs> hey, it was in there. I just play what's on the computer. Okay, boys. Are you ready? Like, I would like to not railroad this segment. So anytime I need to shut up, you tell me to shut up. The St. Louis Rams of Los Angeles had a big parade this past weekend. Okay. 
and I need the opinion of the mailman on it. Welcome to the show, mailman. This past weekend, today, it was this morning. Mailman. Yeah. Yeah, what's up, uh, my dudes? <laughs> what it uh, is? I've been giving Buck Diesel some uh, grief. Good. And uh, I, I need to find out, uh, I think, Van is a foodie. Foodie? Correct. All right, there's yeah, a lot foodie. of words. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of words you could have said, but I'm glad you went with foodie. Okay. So, Fred, I need to find out. Are yeah. you a foodie? Oh, absolutely. I have both shells and cheese and traditional macaroni. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, uh, Buck Diesel, I guess, was trying to keep you guys safe and play tour guide. You're obviously now, going to re- reference Roscoe's chicken and waffles that he took us to. No, I'm not going to. Ro- I'm not going to reference Roscoe's. There's another spot he could have took you to, but it's a, a spot, a barbecue joint on Crenshaw. Now I don't know if he took you that far in the hood or not, fearing for his own safety, but. Uh, <laughs> There's there's a barbecue joint in off of Crenshaw Brothers. Yes, yeah, I think so. And uh, they got some awesome barbecue. Look, mailman, the, the the lovely people at Roscoe's welcomed us with open arms. Yes, and were as kind as they could possibly be. Bucks president. Hey, Bucks. Well, that's they saw two six seven white guys with big <laughs> wallets, and they thought that you guys were gonna drop some coins in there. So, so they didn't know that Buck D was paying the bill. But Buck's present was not needed at Roscoe's. But I tell you what, on the way to the airport, we went to the Slauson Swap Meet. We did, and we could not have done that without Buck. So. Kudos, awesome. big shout out. Awesome. 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 Also, mailman, we tried to stop at Brothers Barbecue off Crenshaw, but it said no white meat today. So we weren't oh. able. Yeah, that was the problem. Uh, nice, nice. <laughs> hey, so uh, in reference to the Super Bowl, because I got I to gotta talk about this. I didn't get a chance to talk about it yesterday. You know how you stop that unbelievable pass rush that the Rams kept doing is you run – some screens yeah and they did not they did not run one single uh uh screen out the backfield for mixing and if they had done that a couple of times i think it would have slowed that pass rush up because you get a a 10 or 12 yard screen and then those linemen gotta respect you know that screen coming out the backfield. I'll go you. So, I'll go even one greater and say any play where Mixon wasn't on the field and it was the uh, the the Pierman kid. What's his name? The backup kid, Piran. Piran. Yeah. So anytime Piran's on the field, like on that uh, their very last little offensive attempt there at the end of the game, and they're the two minute drill. Yeah. Anytime Mixon wasn't on the field, that's a bad decision for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, yes, I agree. I, I, it broke my heart because I was like, I wanted them to win so the Steelers could beat up on them next year and we could say we beat the Super Bowl champ. But I don't think we're going to get to play the Rams next year. Um, so I, I, I just thought that they didn't handle their business correctly 
And uh, if you do get that bus together to go down to Cruces during the fall, I got a cousin that lives down there. Maybe we can meet up at Ruby Tuesday's oh, God. and get some grub. Friend of the show, the mailman, thank you so much. He got a good energy. Hey, Fred, when we go down there, I'm warning you. Yes. You're going to have to specifically, everywhere you go, ask for no chili. Because if you think we have a bunch of spicy Mexican and New Mexican food here in Albuquerque, mm-hmm. Las Cruces is aggressive with the amount of chili that they put on stuff. Homeboy, I walk into a Wex, and my eyes start watering. <laughs> Dude, and Las Cruces is up to 11. I can't handle it. I got nothing. They got great red chili down there. That's another good alternative. I have as Smoother. much. I have as much like acceptance of chilies, red, green, or Christmas, as L.A. had excitement for the Rams winning the Super Bowl. That was so rough, so rough. Let's grab a break. When we come back, I'm gonna lambast, guys. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come unhinged. I'm, I'm not gonna be okay after this one, boys. <laughs> I am not gonna be okay. You got some Advil back there, Vital? That's what we need. How about morphine or something stronger? Oh, what are you in the Olympics? Yeah. Was... <laughs> <laughs> yes, you. I am. Thank you to Dave and Buster's for being a friend of the show. Thank you to John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy. Uh, John will be joining us tomorrow live from O'Neill's. We'll be out at O'Neill's tomorrow night in Knob Hill. We're going to have a lot of fun laughing with that. Also, big announcement. From us, there's a new basketball team in town, and we're going to go over to that, and we're going to have a lot of fun with it. We're two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. The Los Angeles Rams Super Bowl parade is the worst parade in the history of all celebrations. It's not even a celebration. It was basically a morning. There's only a few parades that I rank worse than the Rams parade. Bulls on. And those were all having to do with the National Socialist Party in Germany ah, in the yeah, 40s. Yeah, yeah. Those are the parades I care for less than the Rams. The Los Angeles Rams have such an unfamiliarity with winning, they didn't even know how to prep their guys for it. Matt Stafford was either insanely drunk or we just now really are seeing what it's like to play in Detroit for 12 years, and this is what traumatic brain injuries look like, and, and he's not in a place where he should be able I to think deal post-traumatic with brain injury because it took a whole season for it to kick in. Or a third option we didn't think about. He played in Detroit for 12 years, and he's actually just a functioning alcoholic. By the way, city of Los Angeles, if you want people to show up for your parade, don't let people burn your buses. If you you riot and you burn a certain part of the city, people aren't going to show up to your parade that's in the same part of the city. You're very correct. Yeah. Also, I don't know a ton about L.A. Did just spend a week there, though. You think Wednesday afternoon rush hour is the best time to try to put a parade together, Uh y'all? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Also, new possible nickname for Matt Stafford, Frat Stafford. How do you feel about that? Oh, that one's been there for a long time. Okay. Yeah. That's still a very good one, though. He just reinforced it. He brought it back in the heavy rotation is what he did. Was he Frat Stafford at Georgia? Yeah. Probably was. Yeah. He went hard at Georgia. So he gets super drunk. He does this minute-and-a-half-long speech. Let me do an impression of it real quick. This is the Rams' house, and Cooper Cup is my dog. Hey, Le- Le- Los Angeles, you need to listen. Yeah. Listen. Look at Linda. Hey, hey listen. Is it? Is that my Is that my guy, Cooper Cup? He looks like all of you. I know I don't say this enough. Listen, I, I love you, man. 
Tom Brady takes the clip of him giving a speech. Those are—I don't know if you, that was us doing impressions or if Vital played a clip of the speech. I don't know which one that just was. It's very deceiving. Tom Brady takes the clip and tweets it, and he says, "Quote: Mix in water, Matt. Trust me." <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady turned into a completely different person when he went to Tampa Bay. Now that he's retired, I'm so excited. Uh, the era of Tom Brady just absolutely crap posting during big games and events like we do during award shows. Yes. Uh-huh. I'm very excited for that. Uh-huh. Oh, man. L.A. did not come out. How many people should come out for your city's first Super Bowl win ever? Because the other one they got that they're claiming, that's from St. Louis, and I'm not ready to go down that path right now. How many people should come out? Do you think it is hundreds? Because that's what it was. Hundreds. Me they and, look pitiful. Me and Van are going to be able to get hundreds of people to Electric Playhouse to play wiffle ball and dodgeball. We are the L.A. Rams of Albuquerque. Also, shout out to all the hydro homies out there that put water, that mix water in. I mean, it's just a smart move. It's a smart move. Smart move. That's what veterans do. Stay hydrated. I always stay hydrated when I drink. Not so much at Universal Studios. I don't know how much that story is public. (laughs) Not all of it, that's for sure. No specifics. We're getting a lot of questions whether I'm kicked out of California or just Universal Studios and for how long. Vital, when was your last run-in with the authorities? Um, Cool, Vans was Friday. For a long time. (laughs) I mean, it was, what, the week before you went into witness protection and then moved to Albuquerque. Let me give you an infamous quote. Quote, I don't care. It's my birthday in the Midwest. (laughs) The rest of the night was lost. So you're saying my birthday keeps getting further and further away. (laughs) My birthday was legit past 40 on central time zone. (laughs) Yeah, it all checks out. Mountain and Pacific, not so much. We happen to be standing in Pacific time, but whatever. More people showed up. To watch me get escorted out of Universal Studios than showed up to the Rams Super Bowl parade. That is accurate. To be fair. And to be fair. To be fair. There were a lot of watch parties where people could come really from their home, watch on screen somewhere, I'm sure. There's that, too. And also, like, L.A. guy, which it's a very much a B-seen city. But L.A. guy is like, I, man, it's Wednesday. I, I got to be at the office. Right. Like, I'm... Like, I'm about the Rams. I really am. But the Rams don't pay my mortgage. When this happens in, like, Philadelphia, Cincinnati, real sports cities, school is out. Work is canceled. People flood the grocery stores because they know they can't get anything to eat all day because all the restaurants and bars, everyone is at the parade. Los Angeles did nothing. Also, we have a sports talk radio show. Neither of us knew that the parade was today until we saw the internet roasting the Los Angeles Rams. Also, to be fair, to be fair, it's L.A. I mean, everyone showed up like halfway through the speeches, like it was yeah. yeah halfway through the parade. That's that's a very good point. Yeah, they were like, we don't need the Shriners. We know what the Shriners look like. Like what high school marching band? Nah, we good, fam. When we went to uh crypto.com arena ah not staples not staples center to watch the lakers and the bucks last week no one showed up till the middle of the second quarter and then by the third quarter the lakers were getting trounced and those people who showed up late just left immediately yeah so i'm sure the 
parade vibe was as close to that as you can get. Well, combine that pitiful parade with the fact that the uh, city of L.A. was not even in the top ten of the Super Bowl TV ratings that came out yesterday. Oh, I didn't see that. That'll tell you a lot right there. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, we touched on that yesterday. Detroit had to be in the top. Cincinnati was number one. Detroit was number two. That checks out. Yeah. that's Hey, that tracks. L.A. didn't even make the top ten. It was sad. Sadder than their parade? No. Nothing is sadder than that parade. Do you remember that uh, super sweet story about the kid who invited everyone to his birthday party and no one showed up? So the local fire department did a drive-by and blew their They horn. shot at him? <laughs> no, not, not so, the wrong drive-by. Oh. I know you're still scarred from being in uh, Sloss and Swap Meet, but no, firemen drove past the house and put on their sirens and waved at him, and it was a great story. L.A.'s parade was so bad that the the cops and the firemen had to show up and, like, drive by and honk at the players because, oof. We love you. Oof. Bleacher Report put up on their gram. I know, Vital. we got to take a break. I'm so sorry. Bleacher Report put up on their gram the Hollywood sign, but they covered it to say Ram's house. But it looks like they literally put paper bags over it. And then, like, paper macheed white letters to it. Oh, my. The most talented graffiti artist... The most talented spray paint artists in the entire world live within walking distance of this sign. Wow. Make the effort. This is, you know what this reminds me? All right. When we get back from the break, I'm going to tell you what this reminds me of and how I hate being reminded of this. We'll be at the YMCA tomorrow morning working out all this aggression. Trust your boy. Also, if you haven't considered the YMCA yet, it's still February. I know Valentine's Day is over, and if you spent it solo, get in the gym, get your life right. Tighten it up, bro. That's what I'm saying. We're two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Uh, From the texter, well, the personal texter, University of New Mexico Athletic Director Eddie Nunez uh, says the power is on at the pit. So the power had been out at the pit. There was concerns for the basketball game tonight. The power is now on. Got it, boys? From the live stream. Hey, guys. First time viewer. Got a quick question. Has Van fully recovered from L.A.? And right now, I am messaging back. First time viewer. Long time caller. (laughs) Ask L.A. if it's recovered from Van. Yeah. Okay. There you have it. So... Was L.A.'s parade worse than the fire festival? I think that's a pretty good comparison. You're talking about Firefest, which was headlined by Ja Rule. Is that correct? Yes, actor and executive producer of the fire festival. And I believe, who else was involved in that? The Beastie Boys, maybe? Not the Beastie Boys. No, it was they the would, other one. They would never. All the small things. They were going to be the headliner and never got paid, so they didn't show up. Who is that? What is the name of that band? Blink-182. Blink-182. And they ended up putting people in FEMA tents and giving them cheese sandwiches. Yeah. So you're asking me, is the Super Bowl parade for the Los Angeles Rams worse than living in a FEMA tent and eating a cheese sandwich? That's exactly what I'm asking you. Stagnantly, the answer is no. Okay. <laughs> Dynamically, yes. It's very much, very much worse.
Was the Rams Super Bowl parade worse than the last season of Game of Thrones? No, um, it was not because the Rams Super Bowl parade was saved halfway through. <laughs> By police and fire. <laughs> From a friend of the show, Eddie Nunez, issue is with the P&M grid. The airport was also affected. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of blackouts around town getting some texts. Uh, hey. Is your program still on? Are you guys doing good? I was like, well, you wouldn't have to ask that. If you were actively listening, we are fine. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. All right. Was the Rams Super Bowl parade worse than Aaron Rodgers' answer to if he's been vaccinated? No. Because there's only one way to interpret the Super Bowl parade embarrassing okay okay i know we had intention of connecting with jj buck voice of the lady lobos uh but obviously they're figuring everything out over there at the pit if we can figure it out we will figure it out but just heads up to those who are excited for crosstalk what kept la from having the parade this upcoming weekend i'm being serious well okay the easy one low-hanging fruit lack of fans and I don't think they sold it hard enough. The Hollywood sign makes me think. Because as I was telling you, the Hollywood sign, it's, it's a joke. That's the worst thing I've ever seen. They put paper bags over it. And then they, what font would you call that? Bold impact? The first time someone's practiced writing capital letters? Yes, when you could have very easily and successfully got local artists of any caliber to do better. It's Los Angeles, California. You know how many movie studios there are there? All of them. You know how many set designers that are there? The most. It looks like somebody won an elementary school art project. And they're like, this is what you get to do when yeah. you win. The, and it was made by children. The Rams were the Rams did not think they were going to win the Super Bowl because they were not prepared for that. Or the parade. Or the parade. I don't even know what street the parade was on. Also, I hate Les Sneed, and he showed up wearing a blank them pick shirt. Which is so smart. That's the best thing that LA's done. Is that one pick of him wearing the F them pick shirt. That's strong work. Les Needs, the type of guy who who tucks his T-shirt into his blue jeans, and I'm not about that. Did he make the shirt or did he buy it off the street? Oh, somebody made it for him. He has he has had part of zero of our conversation on the Super Bowl for a week and a half. So somebody had to have made it for him because he has been mentioned zero times. Also, I'm not trying to say Les Snead is cheap, but that T-shirt – was in grayscale, and I'm telling you, you can afford color, my dude. You can get a multicolor single print T-shirt, and you're just a cheapskate, just like you were in St. Louis. I hate your guts. And the Rams house covering up of Hollywood is bad, but it doesn't even look like Rams house. It looks like raw, Miss H. Ooze. I thought they were announcing a new Roadhouse movie is what I thought it was. I thought it was a clever marketing ploy. House. <laughs> Roadhouse. I was like, is Patrick Swayze on the comeback? Oh, he's not obviously hey, on the hey, comeback. Hey, I don't hey, know. Hey, I didn't mean hey, to go there with hey, that. Hey, hey, hey. 
We're at O'Neill's tomorrow in the Northeast Heights. We're very excited to be there. We're until 7 tomorrow, Mike? I think so. Yes. The schedule says yep, we're on until 7. 4 to 7. Come hang out with your boys. You never know that last minute, Mike. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. This sounds like the music from the last level of Doom. It wishes. What is this? It is more Run the Jewels. It's what? Run the Jewels, baby. Run the Jewels. El Producto, producer extraordinaire, amazing rapper from New York City, Brooklyn, in fact. And Atlanta, the hero of Atlanta, Mr. Everything Killer Mike, formed like Voltron to be the best modern hip-hop duo, Run the Jewels. Could not endorse it anymore. What? (laughs) (laughs) Run them. What day is this Major League Baseball lockout in? Well, I mean, earlier we are talking about it. We just touched on it briefly. I think by close of business Friday, they're officially meeting on Thursday to iron out some numbers. And I think Friday they're going to announce that they've come to an agreement Spring training starts ASAP, and the regular season is not affected at all. You got an insider telling you that? Yes, I do. Do you? Friend of the show, friend in real life, USA Today's Bob Nightingale. I said the Players Union have scheduled a negotiating session on Thursday. And here's the thing. When it's in the news, and they say there's a, a scheduled meeting, like, for example, last Wednesday, or this coming Thursday. They're talking the whole time. Like, their lawyers are just on the phone. They've working only 20. met five times. They've met in person. Like It's it's not that they've only had five one-hour meetings in the past three months. They've been talking about this constantly. Lawyer to lawyer. You know, it's a lockout, so MLB and MLBPA can't talk. But you know who can? The lawyer's personal assistants. The guys emailing each other and then erasing those emails. Take notes, Dan Snyder. Here's why you're wrong. Okay. The only thing that's up for argument right now between these two squads is five years. You know what five years is? Because the current free agent is six years. Six years and you're a free agent. Uh Uh-huh. The players are going to drop that one real quick. And they're going to say, all right, we're back in. And then Major League Baseball say, cool, you got the DH. And everyone's evensies. These guys just want a longer vacation. (laughs) That's the take here. The whole thing's a worse. I was was wondering what you're leading up to. There's no real problem. They're they're not late. They're not, hey, they're not us. They're not looking for reasons to have a longer vacation. These guys want to go to work. They want to do the thing that they love. They want to play together with their teammates, come together, and hoist that trophy at the end of the year. Our friend. These guys don't want to go to Cabo for an extra weekend. Okay. The other day, we had our new friend of the show on, Ryan LaVarnway. Uh-huh. Ryan played backup catcher for the Boston Red Sox. And we talked a lot about the lockout. Specifically, we talked a lot about it off air. Zero times did you ask him about reverse luxury tax because players don't care about that. They care about kicking back in Cabo for a week, big dog. You've never been more wrong. What? 
Wait, hold on. Let me think. About how wrong I've been at stuff? Recency bias. You've never been more wrong. Uh, Excuse me, Major League Baseball players. I need to know your opinion on minimum payroll thresholds. They don't care. They put out fake numbers on fake contracts where they say Juan Soto's worth $360 million, but by the end you look at it, it's only $300 million. But they need the headline to make it look a certain way, and they don't get paid out, and there's back-end money because it's the Nationals, and Freddie Freeman should retire a Brave, but he won't, so he won't even be remembered as a Brave because he'll go into Cooperstown as a pirate or whoever pays him. The point I'm trying to get to is these boys just want to put their feet up, man. Was that an audible yawn, Vital? Could you hear that? No, it's not. Was, it's factual. That was the coldest take. When a room's really cold, I just get comfy. I want to go sleep and take a nap. That's how cold that take was. You made me yawn. It's not cold in whatever uh, Caribbean island Mike Trout's hanging out in, looking at all the pictures that's being drawn of him up to 75 now. You know, he's what upsets me is the utter lack of urgency with the baseball. There's nothing we're urgent about. We're about to miss nothing. The only thing that's in question is if Innings Fest is still going on, and I know the one in Tampa is. I really want to go see the one in Phoenix. It's up for I, – I can't find it a definitive answer, yes or no, if they're still doing it. I would also like to go. They're waiting for close of business tomorrow, like I just said, and then they'll put it on. All right. You think today's Thursday? Huh? You think today's Thursday? I get the days mixed up so <laughs> often. Well, they're meeting tomorrow, close of business Friday. They're going to be shaking hands – and every week, like pictures being put up, like Brian Kelly and the recruit that left. That was a niche reference. If you don't get it, that's cool. I do get it because he, <laughs> he did a cool, sexy dance around him, and that was very weird. And it ran him out of town. He said, "I don't, I don't like, I don't like sexy dance." Uh, Ryan, not Chip Kelly. What's his name? Not Ryan Kelly. Brian. Brian Kelly. Ryan Kelly was a sponsor of my old radio show in St. Louis. He was the home loan expert. Is this what Ryan Zimmerman died for? 16-year Major League Baseball career, all with the Nationals, announced his retirement yesterday. A couple All-Star games, a couple of Silver Sluggers. Got a ship. Yeah. Which he really downplayed. Do you remember that at the end? He's like, it's just a chunk of moodle. Like, what are you doing, dude? You want? Come on now. Well, he was being tongue-in-cheek because the Astros' general manager said it's just a piece of metal. We're doing it here for our team. And so he's being You're right. You're being, correct. Yeah, he's being tongue-in-cheek when he said it about the Astros. It's just a piece of metal, when actually it meant more to him than anything. Does he have a cool nickname like Mr. National or anything? Does he have that? I really don't know. I think it's just Zim. It's just a low-hanging fruit, obvious one. And he is, right? There is something cool about taking your middle school nickname into the pros. If you just become Zim forever, ever. I don't mind it. If it's if it's not Mr. National, it better well be. That's like a cool nickname. I'd be into that. Baseball's back, huh? I forgot he was never an Expo. He was only a National. That's how long the Expos have not been a team. He he came into the league a National. So his whole career, that's how long they've existed. Should there be a salary floor and should there be penalties for teams that don't hit it, Van? Yes and yes. I don't think that's going to be a point of contention in negotiations, but there definitely needs to be a salary floor. It will increase competition. 
It will decrease spending by the big luxury tax teams, your Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, Astros kind of teams. And there'll be more teams in the middle. I like it a lot. What's the holdup then? Because players don't seem to want it for some reason. What it's going to do is it's going to spread extra money with this small middle-tier class, your quadruple-A players. It doesn't help the Players Association as a whole. It only helps competition, which in turn helps the owners. If you put in a floor, you put in a cap, right? Yes. Yeah, you have to have both. Yeah. Because it doesn't make sense otherwise. And the luxury tax doesn't really work because the teams that can pay it can pay it. Yeah, they don't. They don't care. They don't care. Teams like the Yankees, like they'll just have one drop down year. They'll go underneath the luxury tax threshold, and then their penalties reset. Like, okay, we're gonna take a year off from being the Yankees. We're gonna take those super high penalties off, and then we'll go over the luxury tax next year, where the penalties aren't so severe. Also, the cat in San Diego, Fernando Tatis's kid. What's his name? I don't know. It's some weird name I can some, never remember. Uh, you know, you remember Fernando Tatis played for the Cardinals? He's got a kid that plays. I could just can never remember his it, name. He had two grand slams in one inning, Fernando Tatis. Well, I remember that guy, of course. He's got a son, plays for the Padres. Is it the Padres? It's, I believe it's the I think the Fathers. Is that correct? The Padres. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, so Fernando Tatis' kid. Whatever his name is. Whatever it is. No one. I don't think anyone knows. No. They'll never figure that out. He's 21. Steve? Is it Steve? Steve Garvey. Steve Tatis. I think it's Steve Garvey Tatis. Is it Rick Tatis? He played 2019. Then he played a weird, he played half of 2019, played a weird 2020 season, and then played, and then signed a deal for 15 years, $360 million. If that's not correct, it's close. And that's what's going to end up happening is all your players are going to play less than a season. And they're going to sign these 12, 13-year like, deals. Juan Soto? Yeah. The kid in Atlanta? What's the kid in Atlanta's name? Acuna? Like, that's Ron gonna... Acuna Matata? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's going to end up happening. We're going to have no more free agency. We're going to have no more excitement in baseball. Because everyone's going to sign a deal that's going to not be worth what it's worth 10 years from now. From the texter, it's Fernando Tatis Jr., you idiots. He doesn't get the show. And that's okay. Maybe it's a first-time listener. We know his name. You do not have to correct us. We know it's Fernando Tatis. Is that your personal texture? Because that's not on the... That's uh, personal. Yeah. <laughs> that's someone who knows you. They called you an idiot. I can't handle it. Of all the, of all the reasons to call me oh, an idiot... Oh, my gosh. Please don't do it while it's an obvious shtick. The bit is, it's a junior. He's a junior. He has the same name. You make... We can't think of his name. That's why it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> from my personal texter jj buck will not be joining us for crosstalk they're obviously trying to get the world situation back there uh but my understanding is we are still going to lady lobos at 6 30 i was told by jj 6 30 okay pre-game. pre-game for 6 30 for the lady lobos i'm happy for you albuquerque whenever we get back we're going to tell you more about uh well some of the friends of our show and then we're going to wrap this thing up with today's varsity today's i9 varsity is the varsity of city anthems okay Varsity of City Anthems. Two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. You ready for it, man? What up? Today's I-9 Varsity. Also, programming note, 
We believe we're going to the Lady Lobos at 6.30. If the technology's not there due to... Yes, we are, because I just heard JJ say yes. Okay. Okay, confirmed. He's connected confirmed. and we're all set to go. If JJ would like to jump in on today's I-9 Varsity, the varsity of city anthems, he can do that with us. If he just has questions about I-9 Sports, he can connect with them at 505-312-4999 or League Office 280 at I-9Sports.com. Get your kid involved in some youth athletics. Jamie and Roger over there, so nice. Nicest people i ever met. Also Cowboys fans. Not sure if that really matters. Just putting it out there. Fan, would you like to lead in today's uh, varsity, which is – which I know we don't always hit the same listeners. The varsity is our group of people, places, or things, often proper nouns. I guess sometimes it could be ideas, though, of – what we identify as a topic, and today's topic is city anthems. Yes. Van, you can go first. Uh, I'm going to get this one out of the way because I think it's on your list. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Petey Pablo's Raise Up. That's a good one. And while I – it's not my favorite song. Right. And then when I listen to it, I could tell it's not written specifically for me in general. But I like a song that represents where you're from – and has very simple instructions, i.e., this one's for North Carolina. Uh-huh, that's very good. Come on and raise up. Take your shirt off. Take your shirt off. Twist it round your head. You know, like what? Like, like a helicopter. Yeah, it's like a, like a helicopter. Simple, to the point, a lot of fun, high energy, repping your region. The power ballad by the Beach Boys to Kokomo is one of my favorite city anthems. Kokomo, of course, uh, celebrated regularly by the 1988 song about the tropical island is a, uh, well, it resides somewhere, I assume, in the Keys. I'm not not 100% sure. Okay. Yep. All right. That's a good one. It's a really good place. Yep. I heard it's beautiful. Uh, I mean, it's the place you want to go. We just came from this place. Okay. And while I think the obvious answer is California love, mm-hmm. which we had on our show every day, we, on, which on we, heard, we, we heard in every single building we walked in yeah. and out of, I'm going with the other L.A. anthem, I Love L.A. by Randy Newman. That's a very good one. And it's not the most popular song of all time, but it's attached to the Los Angeles Dodgers yeah. and Los Angeles Lakers. You're a big Newman guy. Every time... When you're walking out of the stadium after a big win, you'll hear Randy Newman and I love LA. We love it. Spot on. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) The Monkees, of course, famously sang about the last train to Clarksville. And I thought that was a very good banger for Clarksville. Didn't necessarily have the notoriety it deserved until that point. So to get a powerhouse band like the Monkees to put them on the map, at least uh, lyrically and musically, I'm going to say Clarksville's Last Train to Clarksville. Okay. All yeah. right. That's a good one, too. Thank you. I got that. Yeah. Yeah. So the opposite side of the coast from where we just were, Los Angeles. Okay. There's a city called New York. I'm familiar. Yeah. And it represents more than one borough. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about Deja Vu by Lord Tariq and Peter Guns. What? Also known as Uptown Baby. There we go. Can we pull out to Uptown Baby today, Vital? It's going to be more difficult than you think. We're going to punt Return of the Mac and see if we could squeeze in Uptown Baby. Because when the beat kicks, I know you know what it is. I do know what it is. Yeah. But I don't think YouTube is going to know it as quick. So 
I was a junior in high school when this came out, and mm-hmm. we listened to it, and we were proud of that song like we were from New York. So that one has a special meaning for me. Basically receiving no notoriety until this banger came out by Jimmy Buffett, Margaritaville. So Margaritaville, to me, has one of the strongest anthems of anthems out there. Um if you don't, if you're not familiar, it's your own damn fault. So, <laughs> isn't Margaritaville like a super depressing place? No, not the place that Jimmy Buffett intended to write about. Mm-hmm. That place is magical, but now we have the information that Margaritaville is an actual place. It's a brick and mortar restaurant. So if you apply the lyrics to a guy sitting at the bar at Margaritaville, it is very dark and sad. All right, so obviously my theme is these aren't real places. Yeah, And yeah, yeah. I didn't know that that was a real place. Yes. Screws up the whole momentum. I know. Yeah, Sorry I had to break it to you like yep. that. A place I've never been, uh-huh. but a place a lot of people ask me if that's where I'm from because of my hair and my face. Yeah. Boston. Ah. And, of course, the anthem of Boston by the Dropkick Murphy. Very I'm good. shipping up to Boston. Yes. Uh, when that beat comes in, you know what's coming. That's a stadium anthem. Yes, it is. That's as good as it gets. Um, one for me, because you know how I am. I want to be where the grass is green and the girls are pretty. Ah, yeah. I'm talking about Guns N' Roses tribute to the Paradise City. Paradise City, although I recognize that that rent was was always been statistically very high there, didn't have. Kind of the fun notoriety double time that it does uh, until Guns N' Roses put out the banger Paradise City. I have a bonus answer. Okay. And I couldn't find anything good on Albuquerque because, all right, Albuquerque artists, Albuquerque musicians, it's time for a new Albuquerque anthem for our generation. So I'm going to cheat and go by a song by the Arctic Monkeys called 505. And it's not about New Mexico whatsoever. It's about a bar in England called the 505 that he loves and misses. But the lyrics are awfully close to the way I feel about Albuquerque. An artist I'm very fond of, Weird Al Yankovic, put out a tribute song to the Star Wars Cantina. And most Eisley. It's in most Eisley, that's right. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a good one. Uh, if if you're not familiar, you can. Leah was there. She was a princess with a Danish on each ear and Darth Vader drawing near. So R two, D two found Ben Kenobi, who is obviously Obi one. Uh, it's it's the rich history of the Star Wars Cantina put into lyrical form. It's uh it's basically storytelling. Think old Norse gods. I really thought you're gonna go wrestling cities, like wrestling theme songs that mention a city but i i can still go I with stand corrected i can still go with island in the sun i can go with castle on a cloud i can go with strawberry fields i got a lot of them here in front of me strawberry fields are a very real place okay what about the land of submarines is that a very real place that is not is penny lane real i'm not even joking i believe that one is real vital you know is it is that a bus roundabout in liverpool Yes, it is. I believe it probably is. Yes. There's lots of songs about Atlantis. Hotel California. By by Outkast? No. 
was uh, Donovan Atlanta versus Atlantis joke. Oh, nice. That one flew by you. That's okay. Does Xanadu have songs? I know it's got at least one. Good program today. Yes, I'm familiar. That's, that's strong work right there, Vital. Thanks for getting that up so fast. Thank you to Dave and Busters. Thank you to John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy for supporting the studio. Thank you to Mexico Pinion and thank you to I9 Sports. Obviously, our friends at O'Neill's and our friends at the Electric Playhouse. Van. Yeah. Any final words before we throw it over to the Lady Lobos? Oh, my goodness. Too much for the time allotted, but anything we didn't touch base on... You could find tomorrow morning on the opening drive with Jeff, JJ, and A. Marie. Good job, everyone. GG. See you tomorrow, Burke.